Good morning. It is Friday, October 7th. Congratulations. You made it to the weekend. Give yourself a pat on the back. Trending this hour, Hunter Biden. Federal agents investigating the president's son have gathered what they believe to be sufficient evidence to charge him with not only tax crimes, but also a false statement related to a gun purchase. Also trending, Wolfgang Van Halen. Today marks two years that Eddie Van Halen passed away. His dad, his son said, I'm trying to do my best and hold it together, but it's just not the same without you here, Pop. I love and miss you. Also trending, the Bradys. Tom Brady came out and said that he's very hurt by the split from his wife, Giselle, and it has emerged that she has been talking to a divorce attorney for weeks now. And he missed practice on Wednesday, but he was back to practice yesterday. Okay, uh, two things real quick before we begin the hour. One, if you're just tuning in or waking up or trying to find us, we have a little issue with the YouTube uh, feed today. The feed is up. It is working. Mm-hmm. However, it says Hammer and Nigel. So if you're trying to find us today on YouTube, just go to, just put WIBC rather than Kendall and Casey in your search bar and you will be able to find us and watch us the same as you always do. Second thing, we are now under 50 tickets left to go yeah. for a night with WIBC. The VIPs are sold out. So basically by the end of this week, as we've been telling you all mm-hmm. week long, the tickets will be sold out. There will not be any more. We will not be able to help you. Now, I think we're going to give some away at some point, I believe. Mm-hmm. But in terms of your reliable assurance that you can go, go ahead and get them now because everything we've been telling you is happening and by the end of the week they'll be very likely all gone yeah and the night with wibc coming up on october 27th that's a thursday night and it will be at the schrott center at the uh on the butler campus all you have to do do it right now Mm -hmm. go to ticketmaster.com type in wibc you can get your tickets right there okay so last night on the television It was a really, really long interview. A lot of things were said, and some of it was very interesting. I felt like he lost his train of thought a few times. Tucker or Kanye? Doesn't matter. (laughs) But that's who it was. Kanye West appeared on Tucker Carlson's show last night. One of the things that he did mention was that he declared that he was pro-life and he was loud and proud about it. And he used some statistics to back up his reasoning. Let's take a listen. The lanyard's still on from it and there's a photograph on it. What is that? It's a photograph of a baby's ultrasound. Why is that? And that you designed that? Yes. Why? What does that mean? Uh, it just represents life. I'm pro-life. Boy, so you wear it on a badge. What, what kind of response do you get? And, and good, amen. I agree. I don't care about people's responses. I care about the fact that there's more black babies being aborted than born in New York City at this point. That 50% of black death in America is abortion. So I really don't care about people's responses. I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. I go back and forth on him mm-hmm. because there's a whole bunch of stuff that he does that I think is totally scripted, and it's designed to attract attention, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a goof, and I dismiss him. But like when I heard that last night, mm-hmm. I think that's legit, and I think he should be commended for using 
his platform mm -hmm. and alienating many people that he is around, potentially given the political makeup of many of the people that he hangs out with and associates with, in order to take a stand on something so important and and he deserves a lot of credit for that. He's definitely a provocateur. It takes a lot to cut through all of the noise that's out there to get a message across, and he is someone who can do that. He went on to say how uh, Kim Kardashian is a Christian, but he didn't like the way she was putting herself out there, the people she was surrounding herself with, and he wanted... Uh, better representation on her part as the mother of his children. It was a really interesting interview. He went on to talk about Donald Trump and why he liked Donald Trump. He talked about meeting the Trump children and how he liked them, but then kind of saw through them just a little bit and felt that they were in it for the money. But this is what Kanye West does. I mean, he's a, a multi-billionaire, and he's you have to be certain level of smart, yeah, to have that amount of money. Well, and go go. Sorry, I didn't to mean have to the to, to have the business mindset that he does. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. My wife and I were talking about this the other night. That you know, and then Casey, you have you have been successful in this business for a long time. That. You know, once upon a time, I was thinking about the, and we've said this many times, you can make a compelling case. The era we are living in now is the golden age of WIBC. Mm -hmm. When you look at the dominance of the radio station in terms of ratings, and this is all credited to you, the listener. Like, we're just people talking. You, the listener, make this happen. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a compliment yeah. of you, in addition to the people who are here, because I consider us to be, even those of you who hate my guts, you all count the same on my bonus check, one big family. <laughs> the, based on the ratings and the genre in which we are in, when you think about we are consistently the third or fourth most listened to talk station in America by market share, mm -hmm. the golden age of WIBC, which is really saying something given the history of this radio station. Now, in that same breath, there was a time where WIBC may have had an actual larger market share, like in the Gary Todd, you know, Fred Heckman era of radio, where there was may have technically been a larger market share. But when you factor in the options people have now, mm -hmm. like in the Gary Todd, Fred Heckman, John Gillis era, it was you radio and television were your you know, inter your entertainment and news. The choices are more fragmented right. now. Everybody got their stuff mm -hmm. from one of a handful of channels mm -hmm. or the radio. Everybody went to those two things. Now we compete with streaming services. We compete with things like YouTube. We compete in our genre for podcast. And given how well this radio station does, that this is indeed the golden era of WIBC. Having said all of that, I think it's we say that because this radio show, Hammer and Nigel do a different type of show than what we do, but it's to the same extent, is we provide all the stuff people need to know and people trust us with what we're saying, but we also do it in a way that is entertaining and people want more. And I think in the world of politics, Kanye West while he's he's almost Andy Kaufman in the sense he never gives up the character, like you never know what's real and what's not with him, sort of 
has caught on to something where he has an opportunity to provide that to people too Mm -hmm. because he is whether you like him dislike him whatever he's wildly interesting and entertaining in an industry which is politics and government that is often perpetually boring Mm -hmm. well i think it would be really easy and almost lazy to dismiss him because of, oh, I don't like rap music, so I didn't, what is this guy? Who is this guy? But nobody's done more with less. I mean, when you think of where he came from and a humble background to be where he is today, I think, yeah, he, he's, he's got some thoughts. And Tucker Carlson said that it was a very raw, emotional interview. And we're in a place now in the world where you don't get that authenticity. Right. Where people want to put up a facade and tell you what they think you want to hear and he's saying the things that he doesn't care if you agree or disagree with him he went on to talk about how he wore that uh, white lives matter t-shirt he said i do certain things from a feeling and i just channel the energy and it just feels right and tucker pressed him about you know well why white lives matter and his answer was well it's obvious they do yeah it's great and that's that is shocking and provocative certainly coming from a black man. It is 14 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, paper and fire. Kevin, yeah. before the show began, I told you you had one responsibility on this bumper music today in accordance with John Mellencamp's birthday. Mm-hmm. Casey gave you a list of songs. I said, you know me, I'm very pro-woman in the workforce, <laughs> so I had no problem with Casey picking all the bumper music. I took over today. But I said I wanted one song today as bumper music, and it was very important to me, and we're running out of segments for the show today. Do you remember what song that was? Wasn't it Ain't Even Done With The Night? No, it is not Ain't Even Done With The <laughs> Night. That one. I specifically sat here with a room full of people and I, said, Kevin, I want one specific song, which is the second best John Mellencamp song. And that, that no I, one's heard of. That I d- insisted <laughs> that you play it as bumper music. Now, maybe you have it prepared for me as a surprise later, yeah. but I'm going to be, and you know it is very hard for me to get animated or upset but I am going to be very disappointed if I don't have that song. Do I need to remind you again? Yeah, I think of you what, do. What am he, I doing here? He forgot. We specific, yeah. I looked right at him. Across, you were here. I don't remember it either. I'm sorry, but I did honor your request the other day of uh, playing all of Herman's Hermits. Kevin, I said the, the second best John Mellencamp song is a cover of the song called Teardrops Will Fall, which is a Rye Cooter song. And what album was that on? It was, it was Scarecrow? No, it was later. It was like in the two thousand like Human the, Wheels? No, like the two thousands. It was like one of the early hmm. early two thousands, like two thousand one ish. Maybe Mr. Happy Go Lucky, and I love. I don't know. You are a you are a Mellencamp hipster. Well, I've told you why I'm so into Mellencamp is because my dear friend Troy Kennett plays keys Mm -hmm. for John Mellencamp. Troy Kennett, one of the all time great local musicians here in Central Indiana, has been with John Mellencamp for well over a decade now. Mm -hmm. So when he goes on tour, you'll probably see him out and about playing keys. And so I have developed somewhat. I'm not going to say I'm a Mellencamp expert by any stretch of the imagination but I'm somewhat of a 
high taste aficionado in Mellencamp yeah. music. Well, right. you're in luck because the old jukebox has oh, your great. request. I just, I just want to get that out there. Have you plenty of time? You know, because I know you'd be very disheartened to know that I was in any way disappointed walking into the weekend. Rob Kendall, there's a John Mellencamp song on the way for you. From 93 <laughs> WIBC. Did you used to? When, so when you worked in uh, in music radio, uh-huh. did you? Uh, did you take requests at any of the stations oh, that yeah. you worked at? Yeah. Did you ever actually play requests that people had, or were you given strict instructions by your supervisor to not alter from the playlist? Well, for the most part, Rob, I was the supervisor. Oh, that's true. So yeah, you were upper management. I was the one telling others what to play. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I take requests. I mean, you know, within reason. I wouldn't have played whatever Mellencamp you're Oh, you didn't about. want to make people happy? No, I, w- I would play the hits, Mass Appeal, because, you know, trying to get as many people to listen as possible. Mm-hmm. This is a true story. We both, and you'll know who I'm talking about, we both at one point have worked for this individual. Right. You had a much more pleasurable experience mm-hmm. with it than I did. I did. In fact, I've used this individual as a reference over the years. Um, and I'm going to guess that is because you are a very attractive woman and I am Rob Kendall, why we had different uh, interactions. I, I'm sure that's the only reason. My fir- <laughs> So my first full-time job in radio, yeah. I was the overnight guy at a rock station Mm -hmm. and uh when i first started i was a part-timer and then i did a good enough job that they moved me into full-time so i was like 21 i think i was 21 years old Mm -hmm. and so they put me on the overnights and there's you know a playlist of songs that are supposed to to go yeah and some guy calls up and he keeps calling and it was i think it was dreams by fleetwood mac was the was the song that the guy wanted to hear and like he would not throughout the course of the night stop calling and having some sort of emotional breakdown and so I'm thinking what in the world would be the harm of just playing this song mm-hmm. and making this guy's yeah. night I right. don't know if his wife had left him or whatever the deal was and so finally I don't know midnight 1am 2am and the times all run together now I say alright I'm gonna sneak it on and in our building we had the a, a, a hotline uh-huh. And it would light up mm-hmm. like you had just you had accidentally activated a nuclear weapon of some sort, or there was the plant was melting down, and something egregious had clearly happened. And you have not been scared to death until at three a.m. You have seen a large light in darkness start flashing, and you always know the person on the other end of that line it's is the not happy. It was not ne- happy. It was never you're doing a really good job. On so the you other- got hotlined. Well, I got hotlined, so I answered the phone again. I'm like brand new, uh-huh. you know, fresh-eyed kid, and I've just helped this guy out. Is wife's leaving him or he was dying or whatever the deal was i'm gonna make his night and it go, the guy on the other end goes uh hey uh and this is like midnight or 1 a.m mm-hmm. or 2 a.m whatever mm-hmm. it was hey uh look at the log here i don't see that song on the log <laughs> so, yeah you know the uh the guy was having a rough night and i just thought you know we'd make it he kept calling he goes mm-hmm. you don't work for him you work huh. for me wow don't ever do that again you'll be fired okay Click. There you go. Did you ever do it again? I never did it again. Lesson learned. Sometimes you got to be bring the heat. And then I remember sitting there at 21 years old going, who is that into radio at two in the morning? <laughs> They're listening to you. <laughs> well, he's probably air checking you to see how you were doing yeah. on your gig. Yeah. You know, like if you made the right decision by elevating you to that full time position. I never uh, sitting yeah, there but, questioning his decision. What have I done? Yeah. Well, you know, was that in the same building where there was the uh, the smoking box? 
I think it, it was, was up on the second floor. There was, you know, like when you go to certain airports, I, I think uh-huh. they're all closed down now, but you go into certain airports and there's like this room that you can go into and smoke uh-huh. and the doors open and close yeah. and then it just comes billowing out into the hallway. There was the box in that building was that was there? like that. Really? By the kitchen. Yeah, uh, I obviously uh, did not ever participate in that because I it don't. Was, I don't remember that. It was weird. It was like now this was here's the smoking box. <clears throat> this was when we were still in the revamped pet store before we had moved to the new mm-hmm. beautiful building, <laughs> which isn't new or beautiful anymore. It's sure. uh, uh, so anyway. I don't even. Why the hell did we get on that? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> taking requests. You said oh, the jukebox. Yes. So Kevin, yeah. If, if if with two segments to go, I'm following the log. <laughs> If Teardrops Will Fall by John Mellencamp. You're going to get hotline. You're gonna, that light is going to light up because I've got the number to that hotline. I'll call you from right here, buddy. Yeah, I might be able to fit it in. We'll see. <laughs> hey, Kevin, before we get into break, let's play this uh, new campaign ad. This is from Senator John Kennedy. He's from Louisiana. And he uh, he's talking about jellyfish in his campaign ad. And why is that? Well, because they don't have a brain. And I actually did some fact-checking, and no, jellyfish do not have brains. They have a rudimentary nervous system. But this guy, he gives some really good southern sort of quotes, like, love is the answer, but I own a handgun just in case. He said, inflation loves Biden like the devil loves sin. So here is his latest campaign ad. Let's take a listen. Stupidity is painful. The left thinks that by defunding the police, we're going to stop crime. The left thinks that vetting people at our southern border is racist. The left thinks that government employees have a constitutional right to talk to five-year-olds about sexuality. I know. It's frustrating to me, too. To see our country, which was founded by geniuses, being run by idiots. But still, I'm an optimistic guy. I have hope for my liberal friends. Jellyfish, hello little jellyfish, have survived for 165 million years without a brain. Yeah, and then the ad goes on to say you can text jellyfish to 60507. Casey, I have a question for you. Are we going to hear the Johnny Cash phone call? Yes. I want to get to that, too. We had uh, a conversation about Johnny Cash Mm -hmm. and whether he was a country artist or not. Mm -hmm. And someone was so into this and so upset. Very passionate. And when we come back, we absolutely, it is amazing to me the things that enrage other human beings. We have to play this voicemail and then I'm going to put what this person says to the test. Okay. Live on these airwaves. All right. It's coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning. Casey on 93 WIBC. Happy Friday. We're glad you're joining us today. The voicemail line is 317-684-8444. If there's something on your mind, we'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and call that voicemail line. There was one that we failed to get to earlier today, but it's a good one. Yeah, so yesterday, Mm -hmm. and it is always amazing to me, and we joke about this all the time, we can do like life-altering topics. Mm -hmm. 
and we might get you know one phone call or we might get an email about it things that affect every single person dramatically and then we get on these topics whether it's rhubarb pie <laughs> or mexican pizza mexican pizza or whatever yeah. and we are bombarded with a cavalcade of calls yeah. or people who are vehemently passionate and i had said yesterday and i don't remember how we got on this mm-hmm. that i do not consider johnny cash a country artist because when I think of him, I think a lot of his stuff was rock. Like when I think of country artists, I think of Conway Twitty. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I don't. I just don't think of Johnny Cash. Doesn't mean he didn't do some country, but I don't think of him as a country artist. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that would be that provocative or life-altering mm-hmm. or emotional of a statement. Mm-hmm. But people were very fired up about that, including this guy. Tell me you have no knowledge of music without telling me you have no knowledge of music. Is Johnny Cash country music? Tell me you have no taste in music without telling me you have no taste in music. Bruce Springsteen rules. See you guys. (laughs) So, I mean, I wasn't insulting Johnny Cash. Like, I wasn't saying Johnny Cash doesn't have a profound place in music history. I Mm -hmm. didn't say Johnny Cash wasn't very important. Mm -hmm. I didn't say Johnny Cash didn't inspire a lot of people. I Mm -hmm. didn't say Johnny Cash didn't have a lot of hits. Like, I said nothing bad about Johnny Cash. I just said, given the totality of a lot of Johnny Cash's work, Mm -hmm. I would not consider him a country artist. And apparently we're so polarized now in this country that even that is some federal offense-worthy statement. Well, even his Wikipedia page calls him an American country oh, singer-songwriter. Well, it's not like everybody can just get on Wikipedia and make changes to it. Well, I would consider him more rockabilly. Okay. It's, it's, that, it's that cross where a lot of the rock roots either started in blues or country and then evolved into rock music, right? I mean, Elvis started in the country uh-huh. world, but he is... Many wouldn't say he's a country artist. Johnny Cash, given his lineage of how he started and who he performed with, yeah, I would say that he classifies under the country umbrella. Okay, well, here's what I did, Casey. Rockabilly, maybe. Because, you know, I'm a very fair person. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be as, you know, fair with our listening audience as I can. I decided to make a montage of Johnny Cash music. Ooh, I hope you put Get a Rhythm in there. And when you hear this montage of Johnny Cash music, mm-hmm. I would l- I will look to you to tell me, and Kevin, because he is also a professional musician, uh, what about this is country? Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. All right, let's listen. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. The sheriff, he asked me, why had I run? And then it came to me, just what I had done. And all for no reason, just one piece of lead, I hung my head. And you could have it all. for a heart of gold I've been in my mind 
it's such a fine line that keeps me searching for a heart of gold. And I'm getting old. Okay, those were all of the songs that he recorded in the 90s, right? They're With all Rick cover Rubin. songs. Yeah. It's like Johnny Cash sings Neil Young, Johnny Cash sings Tom Petty. Yeah, that was when he was trying to reinvent himself. You know, kind of revive his career. If you are, did you do that on purpose? You did that on purpose. You didn't put any of his hits in there, like "I Walk the Line" or "Ring of Fire" or "Get Rhythm" or you know, "Fulsome Prison Blues" or uh, "Boy yeah, Named Sue." No, you did do that on purpose. That was that was that was a reach. You did. I'm like waiting for like where's Jackson? Where's the good Johnny Cash songs? And you're not you like intentionally picked the the worst covers ever. The original one I had was like four minutes long. Oh my gosh, Rob. You know what? There's a reason why people tell you you have a bad taste in music. Play the hits! You know what? If I were your program director, I would be hot. Lighting you too. I <laughs> would be like, you know what? Light, tight, and bright. Play the hits. Rob is a troll. <laughs> I, I just, it's a good thing. It's, it's a really, really good thing that you found your calling in talk radio. <laughs> because if you didn't, you'd be working at the so, lowest rated music radio station ever. So, wait, is your theory the only songs that count are the ones that were original Johnny Cash songs then. That portion of his career never happened. It's not that it didn't happen. It's just you're trying to make a point about whether he's country or rock and I think you have to look at where someone begins and evolves to and he began in the country world and you didn't include a single one of his original country hits. I picked his best songs. No, you did not. You did not. Yeah, that's an insult, really. Now I re- now see I didn't know we were gonna find that that funny I thought you would catch on to it but had I known I would have done the four minute version <laughs> no thank you I'm good I was amazed seriously I was amazed and I I guess I didn't learn this till like a couple years ago because I remember when what would that have been 2003 because uh, uh, Hurt was right before he died. Mm -hmm. And so I remember hearing that. That was played on the radio all over the place. But I didn't realize until a couple years ago just how many covers Mm -hmm. of songs of famous people they had. And a lot of them are not, like, mainstream. Like, Hung My Head was Sting. And then Springsteen did a version of it, too. And a whole bunch of people have done it. He did, like, Further On Up the Road Mm -hmm. by Springsteen. He did a bunch of Neil Young stuff, Tom Mm -hmm. Petty. I was like... I never realized this until a couple of years ago, and it's really good. His well, covers are really good. They all used to borrow each other's songs back then. I mean, even one of his big, bigger songs, Get Rhythm, is a Bob Dylan song. Yeah. So it wasn't original. And you know what? You were picking on the Beatles earlier, and, you know, Folsom Prison Blues was inspired by the Beatles because— Number nine. Johnny Cash Maxwell was all—he was acoustic until that point, and that's when they—he went electric. And you know, the record company was like, well, "No, this that's, isn't going to work." That's weird. I but thought he showed I, thought, I thought Bob Dylan got all the credit for going uh, electric first. I thought that was kind of Bob Dylan was the guy that changed America. It, well, I'm saying they were the ones who inspired Johnny Cash uh, to do Folsom Prison. I know Blues. you love Johnny Cash. I just—that's why I just was having some fun with you. Thanks for playing along. <laughs> You're good sport. <laughs> you have bad taste in music. It's kind of like Casey on 93 WIBC. <laughs> I originated 
John Mellencamp's birthday today. So moments ago, we were talking about Johnny Cash, and I got a I got a title wrong. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, just a second for me. Wait, it all show for this. Here we go. Okay, go ahead, sorry. So we were talking about Johnny Cash. And I said, Get Rhythm was written by Bob Dylan. Wrong song. I was thinking, It Ain't Me, Babe. Oh, yeah. It was written by Bob Dylan. You know, Bob Dylan, I had a, was really into Bob Dylan for a long period of time. Yeah. And nothing alienates women more than you trying to explain how great the freewheeling Bob Dylan album is to them. Like, women in their 20s just don't. <laughs> Don't get it, Casey. It's not and, a thing for them. And it huh? just it, it it just amazed me because I thought that was some of the most brilliant stuff in the history of ever. Hey, let's talk about uh, the announcement that Biden made yesterday, where he's pardoning thousands of individuals convicted of possessing marijuana, more than sixty five hundred individuals with prior convictions for simple marijuana possession were impacted by the pardons. Also includes people in D.C. So the pardons will not be extended to those who weren't U.S. citizens or who were illegally in the country at the time of their arrest. But then Biden also instructed the Secretary of Health and Human Services Director and the Attorney General to begin reviewing how marijuana is classified under federal drug laws. So right now, it's currently a Schedule One substance. So it's in the same category as heroin and LSD. And it's also considered more serious than fentanyl. And so Biden was saying it doesn't make any sense. Of course, with news of this, a couple big cannabis companies, Tilray Brands and also Canopy Growth, their stock markets spiked up. They they gained 30%, uh, $4 shares at the end of the day. So where are you on this? Well, you know my opinion that I, I think marijuana collectively should be legalized as it was at one point in this country. Uh, I certainly think without any sort of discussion that medical marijuana should be 100% legal because a licensed physician and a patient should have the right to make choices for their body that they believe will help them. Uh, but collectively, we what is the war on marijuana gotten us like we alcohol is legal it is prevalent it is available unless it's on sunday not between the hours of 12 and 8 in indiana but i'm sure that was written for really great reasons um but yet marijuana which in many cases uh, you can make great arguments is far less destructive to people than alcohol has been is is not and so uh i support this the problem with it is biden wrote the law that put them there you know, Biden was a chief architect of the crime reform bill of 1994 that put all of these people, many cases needlessly, predominantly African-American in many cases, behind bars for victimless crimes. He wrote the law. It's another example of this guy trying to act like some white knight trying, you know, crusading in on some sort of phony moral high horse. Well, for 30 years, pal, they've been there mm-hmm. because of you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully... This will, though, and the devil's in the details, as with everything with Biden. I saw somebody post this the other day. Biden is great at proclamations, and then when he has to actually write the laws, they suck and oftentimes get overturned in court. 
hopefully. Or he starts uh, backpedaling like he's had to do with the student loan right. transfers. Right. So we'll see what the actual details of these pardons are. However, mm-hmm. hopefully this will inspire our governor, old Lockdown McGee, to finally relinquish whatever stranglehold he has over the Indiana General Assembly because we've heard multiple legislators in the Republican Party say there are the votes there to pass at least legalization of medical marijuana, Mm -hmm. which should be first priority, were it not for the governor who apparently enjoys seeing people needlessly suffer. I don't get it. I don't understand it because we spend millions and millions of taxpayer dollars every year to get people off being hooked on dangerous opioids. And yet a solution or a possible solution is right in front of us and we won't do that. So hopefully this action by the president of the United States which I support, but we absolutely have to point out he put them there in the first place, will inspire the governor of the state of Indiana to do the right thing and allow people with PTSD, with cancer, with ALS, with all sorts of horrific ailments and illnesses to be able to seek treatment they desire under the supervision of a licensed physician physician in the state of Indiana. So revenues for cannabis are projected to hit $32 billion this year. And states where it is legal, uh, in Michigan, for example, making a whole lot of money, but they're actually losing some money because of the laws. Um, you know, they're having, they're having a hard time with the interstate commerce aspect of it where they have to build separate farms and factories and stores in each state where they do business and then they're having a harder time raising capital or just some of these simple banking tools like getting a loan because of how it is looked at on the federal level now did holcomb respond no, somebody sent out a tweet on his behalf. Isn't he in Switzerland right now? Yes, and it said uh, Governor Holcomb is currently in Switzerland <laughs> and on an economic development trip. This is the representation you get from your government here in Indiana. Uh-huh. Groundbreaking act by the President of the United States. Governor, may we have a comment? Please leave a message after no, the beep. No, no, no. No, he's in Switzerland right now, and uh, if he does say anything, it'll be a day or two. He did come out in the past, and he said that he can't support it until the federal government legalizes it first. He said, I mean, I took an oath. Let's oh, yeah. just say sure. I agreed with it, but I also agreed to uphold the law, state and federally. He Holcomb did admit to using cannabis when he was in college. Yeah, of course he did. But in 2018, he also strongly opposed he, it. His his opposition is lightening up as the years go by. Here's a question to the public at large, mm-hmm. which would be regardless of your opinion on marijuana use, okay, whether you're for it or against it, mm-hmm. what has the United States approach to marijuana produced over the past 50 years? years regardless of your opinion on usage because i can tell you other than if eventually someday hopefully i never have to experience this it would be for some sort of medical thing i will not use marijuana when it becomes legal it's not my thing Mm -hmm. but if people want to use a harmless plant in their own time now do there need to be rules and regulations around it yeah because it smells so if i go to downtown indianapolis i don't want even though Indianapolis has its own smells for a variety of reasons. But let's just take my own hometown of Brownsburg. Mm-hmm. I don't want my downtown Brownsburg smelling like a marijuana. Like marijuana. Mm-hmm. So 
I have no problem with rules and regulations around how it can be used, where it can be used, that sort of thing, as long as it doesn't affect the public at large. What you do in your own home, I don't care. But to the question of people is, what has the U.S.'s approach to marijuana done over the years? It hasn't stopped anyone who wanted to use marijuana from using marijuana. So if that was your goal, you failed. And all it has done is enrich dangerous, deadly people and made them more powerful, the people who illegally bring into the country and illegally sell Mm -hmm. drugs. Mm -hmm. You will stop drug use when you educate properly the people uh, the the dangers of using the drug and convince people not to use it. If people want to do things, they will do it. Mm-hmm. And so the best way to They'll do find it, a way. It, it, absolutely. And that is true for the vast majority of drugs. Now, do you need to deal with heroin or cocaine differently than you do marijuana? Absolutely. But people are not dying dead in the streets of marijuana overdoses. Now, you, people say, oh, well, this is a gateway drug. Whatever. The point is you haven't stopped. The U.S. policy on marijuana and policing that has not stopped anyone from using it in 50 years. Nobody has said, well, I might get caught and I might get in trouble. People want to use it are going to use it. It's why most, like when we watch, um, you know, we watch that On Patrol Live Mm -hmm. uh, Friday and Saturday nights on uh, Reels. Mm -hmm. And the majority of these police officers in the majority of these states now when they, it seems like when they pull these people over and they catch them with marijuana, if that's all they've got, they don't even write them a citation. Even if it's illegal in their state, if it's below a certain amount, they just say, you know, confiscated or whatever and, and get out of there because they recognize this is stupid. It takes resources. It, empower, it empowers rich. It enriches dangerous people. God, it's 2022, Casey. Gosh mm-hmm. darn it. Let's finally do something common sense. Do you think that there's anything interesting about the timing of Biden's announcement yesterday oh, sure. about the possibility of legalizing nationally marijuana on the same day that his son, where they're saying, hey, we might be able to bring charges up on him. Like, I don't know. To me, because, you know, there's been pictures of Hunter Biden with with all sorts of drugs, including cannabis, sure. which you could clearly tell it was cannabis sitting next to him. It's like, well, quickly, let's make that legal so that they can't bring that charge up against myself. Well, I think it's I think it's a thing as you would charge people based on what the laws were at the time. I don't think anybody's going to charge him with marijuana use, but I think it's he did this for political reasons because we're heading into a midterm election which his party is about to get their asses handed to him. So I think it's a political ploy, which comes back to my initial comment, which is I don't give Joe Biden a round of applause on any of this mm-hmm. because while this is the right thing, he made it the wrong thing. He was the leader on the criminal reform bill of 1994 that put all these people needlessly for long periods of time behind bars. He's not the good guy in this equation. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and let's get to Cori Bush. No regrets. No regrets, not even one single letter. Okay, so this is where the base of the Democratic Party is. Uh, Absolutely defund the police. She was defending her path to defund the police Wednesday, she was on CNN, and Don Lemon was asking if if she's still good with that slogan and if she's okay with that verbiage and that brand that branding. And this is what she had to say: If you if if you could do it again, would you still double down or use that slogan? Defund the Absolutely. Police? There you go. You ever seen the movie Black Sheep with Chris Farley? Yeah. 
remember when he gets the premise of the movie Black Sheep is Chris Farley's brother, Tim Matheson, is running for governor of Washington. Mm-hmm. And Chris Farley is this weirdo guy that they try to hide because he's the it, black it, sheep he's, of the he's family. A train wreck. Mm-hmm. And remember when he gets high and goes to that concert? And he starts shouting things on stage about voting Mm -hmm. and super, the crowd's cheering for him. And then eventually he shouts out, uh, kill. I don't know if I could say this on the, he shouts out something that Hammer says it all the time, but I don't, I don't know if I could say it or not. Anyway, shouts out something that you really shouldn't say. And everybody turns from the band that he's introducing, turns from shouting, you know, fumbling their fist and going, no, no, no. Right. That's Corey Bush. Every time she goes on a, on a, television interview Mm -hmm. because she starts saying all the things the liberals love and then she says the thing out loud that everybody else goes no no don't say that out loud in this Mm -hmm. case it is the democrats are the party as they have been since 2020 and probably before that even before they had the saying of defund the police well it's now that everybody's saying hey crime is a big factor i'm gonna vote based on what's going on with crime And, and a lot in the political party are backing away from the defund the police slogan not this lady have a great weekend yeah you too thank you rob kevin good job and thank you for listening it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc and we're going to count on you to come back here monday